this is the sport that I do. Like, you know, I've done this sport since I was 11, 10 years of age. I've dedicated and sacrificed my whole life to this sport. OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Gaelic football on Off The Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Now, welcome along. So, All-Ireland Football Semi-Final Weekend. Talchon Cup Final as well, which we'll preview on the show later on in the week. But in the meantime, we're going to focus on the semi-finals. Half past five on Saturday, Monaghan against Dublin. And then on the Sunday, it is Kerry against Derry. Very happy to say Colin Boyle, four-time All-Star with Mayo, is with us. Colin, how are you doing? I'm great, Joe. How are you doing? Great, thanks. And Darren O'Sullivan, once again, All-Ireland winner at Kerry is here. Hello. Hi, Joe. How are things? Yeah, very good. We'll get into the games in just a moment. The uh, Oroctus has had a busy week. I'm sure you've been uh, watching. I don't know if you watched in a pub yesterday, uh, Colm, or if you just watched at home, but uh, they've had a busy week. And today it was the uh, turn of uh, broadcasting at large in Ireland. And so what caught the eye, I think, are the GEA Go figures uh, for this year, because I, I suppose people were wondering well, what kind of numbers are watching. I, it's, it's probably not... An extraordinary uh, picture, you would have to say, but the um, upside would be that a lot of the games that were shown on GA Go is the argument. A lot of the games that were shown on GA Go would just not have been shown free to air anyway. But uh, the line which some people thought, God, that doesn't sound good, is the majority of games, the majority of games on GA Go attracted a viewership of just over a thousand people. So between a thousand and fifteen hundred people, which isn't... um, Amazing, obviously, but again, they mightn't have been on at all otherwise, so that's fair enough. Uh, the average viewing numbers across the 43 games, just over 30,000, 30,000. And then I suppose um, it's interesting to look at the top line figures. There were a couple of games over the 100,000 mark. So the top game on GA Go this summer was Kerry against Tyrone, not surprisingly. And that drew in 120,000 was the figure for Kerry and Tyrone. Now, we tried to just get a sense because I think it's obvious and it it applies to all sports if you have free to air availability you're going to get bigger figures so we tried to try and uh, in so much as we could find some of uh, comparable figures in recent years so Kerry Tyrone on GEA go 120,000 you take Donegal Kerry again quarterfinal stages in 2019 that was free to air that had 437,000 and then if you take the quarterfinal of 2022 which was Kerry Mayo that had 547,000 and the All-Ireland semi-final again, Kerry Tyrone in 2019, that had 545,000. So, look, I guess it it proves what we know, Darren, across all sports uh, by having anything free to air versus behind closed doors subscription model. You're giving up a huge amount of eyeballs and I, I suppose the GA need to figure out if that's worth it something like you know half a million versus 120,000 for comparable games yeah because when you you hear the figures out loud you realise um, to be honest what a mistake it was putting certain games on behind the paywall I, I do agree with look not every game can be shown live but I just think they got their games wrong um, and like everything with the new season I do think it is going to be trial and error a lot of the games, I look from a Kerry point of view, we weren't, we were, I think we were on RT once this year, free to air. Um, so that was a big gripe down here. But um, yeah, look, I just think you get to a certain stage of the year, 
you need the bigger games on TV. I think they got their selection wrong on a number of occasions. Um, but I do think if you had the same teams on every week, free to air, the Kerrys, the Mayos, the Dublins, and the same few in the hurling, um, there'd be complaints about that. But the numbers, like for a Kerry Tyrone, for only 120,000 to watch it, that's that's a big kick in the backside for GA Go and RT and the GA, to be fair. Yeah, and obviously it turned out to be a bit of a dud in the end. Kerry were comfortable, but it could have been almost the game of the season, you know, if it, the way, um, well, I was going to say you tried to build it up. The way I tried to build it up, it could have been the game of the season. On the Kerry front, don't worry, the Kerry politicians were on the case. I mean, that was question number one. Forget the rest of the country. Like, what happened to Kerry? And so Declan McBennett explained, um, editor, of course, at RTE, he said, like, to be fair, so five of uh, Kerry's six games have been behind the paywall. He said, Kerry Tipperary and Kerry Loud just wouldn't have been shown anyway in RTE so it was GAA go or nothing and then the CCCC said Kerry Mayo and Kerry Cork for the Saturday and generally the way it's worked is GAA go get Saturday and RTE get the Sunday and then it seems he said they looked without much success for Kerry Tyrone they tried to get Kerry Tyrone but couldn't get it so that was the explanation on Kerry but I suppose Kerry people don't really care about the explanation they just know what the facts are and they haven't seen much of Kerry Colm your thoughts on it would it, would it change how you see GA go at all or is it you know fair enough understandable situation first year um, look at I think for, you mentioned it there Joe first year this might take a couple of years to get it fully right um, I have to say the, the overall concept of GAO, uh, GA go with the fact there was so many games there to watch I, I really liked that and I really enjoyed it. I probably watched more football this year than, than I have before and Hurland just because there was so much available to watch. And if you didn't see it at the time, they were there in a in a library for you to go watch at any stage you want during the year. And I found that brilliant. I think I got a season pass last Christmas for 60 quid. Yeah. You know, so when you add up the amount of games you're getting for that, that, that's pretty decent value. And I know it doesn't suit everyone, Joe, and you could talk about that all day with streaming and Wi-Fi and older people. The one thing you mentioned, Kerry Mayo there, was one of the first, this one that really kind of hit me about the Diego and the accessibility. It was one of the first real games in the group format. I think probably the first time Mayo were on Diego and I was on the way to Donegal to day two of a of a wedding and I stopped in Sligo. It was around, day t- it was around the time of throw-in and looked up a co- couple of places that I thought would be showing it. Could not find one place in Sligo showing Mayo Kerry at three o'clock on a Saturday. No one had Diego. None of the pubs had Diego, and I just found that, you know, m- mad that two top teams in the country going head to head, first round of the group format, and no and no place showing it. You know, so I don't know. I I don't know. I think there is a case of you mentioned Laren quarterfinals there. I think well, certainly once it gets to that point, I think all of them have to be on RT and made accessible. But I I think the format uh, itself and the Access in so many games. I have to say, I do like that. I am a fan of, and um, yeah, I, I think that's brilliant going forward. But there, definitely, changes can be made. With it. Yeah. So you're amongst the thousand or the fifteen hundred watching the Leicester games. Even you got the pen and notepad out, and you're buried into all those. Be kind of be curious to know. I, I haven't been able to get too into the details. Like say of the Kerry hundred and twenty thousand. I'm presuming there's a fair few day trippers there who may not may not have the full GA go pass and yeah. they decide to just, well, let's all jump on for what's a big game and they pay for that weekend. Because otherwise, I mean, I, I don't know how subscribe how many subscribers there are full to- full stop, but it, it did strike me. Let's say, I don't know, there's 100,000 subscribers uh, across the world. 
she doesn't reflect well in a lot of games that only a thousand of them at times Darren are tuning in to watch some of these games you know in percentage terms it's like there's a real sense of I'll watch my county and I'll watch the few bigger games but it probably goes to show that lots of people take or leave a lot of these games yeah 100% and I think that is the argument and we were actually blessed that we actually had the option to watch so many games and I'll be honest I didn't take up too many of them options only the bigger games mm. and that's why they're not in TV and as Cullum say, Cullum said we're actually lucky to have it at the moment yeah there's tweaking to do they have to get the game the selection right realistically a lot of the games if they were on free to air I wouldn't watch them anyway yeah so like the fact that they got a thousand watching them they're probably doing alright <laughs> Well, that's a great, that's a great <laughs> thought. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, we'll see. I mean, I, we'll, it'll play it over the next few days and we'll um, get more details, I suspect, and, and see what next year brings. But that's the initial picture. I think, to be fair, the Oroctus committee asking GEA Go to come in and RT to come in, that's really positive that we have this information and almost you guys as part of the GEA fraternity and everybody can almost have a conversation and say, well, is this worth it? Are we giving up two, three hundred thousand eyeballs? And that maybe that's too much of a price to pay for the game or not. But at least we're dealing in, in facts or figures. So you kind of hope the Oireachtas maybe do this every year and, and see how things are progressing. We'll turn to the semi-final. Uh, Colm, I know Mayo had tough runs in finals. Jeez, I'd always consider Mayo a great semi-final team. Uh, yeah, not bad. Well, obviously, when you hear semi-finals and losing semi-finals, one of the toughest I ever lost was 14 to Kerry. You know, that obviously the replay that goes to Limerick, you know, so oh, that yeah. was as games goes, as semi-finals goes that you can lose because I suppose you often hear the phrase they're, they're almost the worst game to lose because there's such an empty feeling after. You don't get the big day out of Crow Park or Ireland final day. Yeah. And that's the reality of it. You know you're so close. But when you lose the semi-final with that one and fourteen, when you when you mention about semi-finals, that's the one that really sticks with me. But yeah, other than that, you know, we, we had a pretty decent record, I would say. Yeah. Colm, uh with semi-finals, did you feel there was uh, less less pressure somehow than the final, the lack of build up, just a very different feeling when you got to Crow Park on semi-final day versus final? Is it is it a dramatically different day? Uh, oh, it is, yeah, because with the final, Joe, so much goes with, with it. Obviously, the, the prep for, for final, the, the build-up is unbelievable and yeah. the talk, you know, you have to, yeah, after-match functions and all of that tickets, you know, all of that nonsense that you need to sort before the actual game itself and everything that goes, I'll learn on final day, you're out on the pitch probably 15, 20 minutes earlier because there's so much happening between meeting the presidents and all that. So they're, 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 they are vastly different than, you know, like Crow, you could be playing in a half, depending on who you're playing. If you're not playing Dublin, realistically, you're probably playing in front of 40,000, 45,000 in Crow yeah. Park. So obviously, there's, you know, there's the whole thing around the atmosphere as well. But it's like a go back to Joe. It's just you feel like you're almost there, but you're not quite there. So it's getting there. It's uh, getting over that line and getting to the final. It's a, it's a huge, huge thing. And obviously for the 14s this weekend, you know, that's what it's all about. Yeah. How do you find Sammy's, Darren? Um, yeah, there's, obviously there's less pressure, but I definitely go along with that empty feeling when you lose a semi-final because you're neither here nor there. Um, you're inches away from, you know, the big day out and the big event and all the razzmatazz that comes with the build-up to the final, um, the open training sessions, the functions, the, the extra gear, all the other side side issues. Um, but yeah, I, do you know what, there's... I'd nearly say there was more pressure on a semi-final than a final at times because, uh, like I said, you're neither here nor there. Um, 
like if you lose a semi-final you're, you're, you're missing out and everything and I, look I know finals are there to be won and stuff but there's like just having the experience of being in finals and everything that goes along with it whether it be the build up um, the match parade meeting the president you know everything it's just a, it's a, it is a special feeling it really is hair in the back of your neck standing up stuff and obviously it's great when you win them but I think if you're losing semi-finals, you're missing out on a huge part of of the journey, you know. So I, I kind of felt there was even more pressure sometimes in the semi-final. Yeah, what I'm hearing and, from you there is uh, once I got the free gear, I felt my year had been a success. <laughs> so more about the suit, really, but the gear was nice as well. <laughs> Let's start with Kerry Derry then, because I think people are feeling this one is the of the two more in the balance. It is a strange semi-final weekend where there are just two red-hot favourites and we mm. were even remarking last night, column. <laughs> usually everybody would cheer the underdog. I think there's a probably a sense here like, geez, I kind of hope Kerry and Dublin get through. That's the final we want. So it's it's it's, a, it's an odd kind of build-up to this semi-final weekend. I think everybody have a real soft spot for Monaghan in particular. Yeah, we're, we're relying on Kerry and Dublin to almost save the, the football championship, Joe, and uh, and meet in the final. And if they do, look, it could be an absolute cracker. But but look, at you're right, Manon and Derry are coming to, coming to stop that on Sunday, and that has to be their plan. And you mentioned it there, of the two, it obviously looks like Derry have have the best chance in doing so. You know, and it will be fascinating to see. Like, I, if I was, was thinking about this earlier on, if I was Kieran Mina, like, do you believe... The game plan Derry have developed over the last two years, especially, and the structure in it. Do you believe that playing that exact game plan is good enough? It's probably good enough to beat 90% of the teams out there. Is it good enough to beat Kerry in Dublin? And obviously Kerry on Sunday being, being that task. And what I'd be fascinated to see, is there going to be tweaks to that? Because I, I don't believe it is good enough. I don't think if, if they go out with that exact same game plan, I think Kerry will eventually pick them off. I think they have to bring something different to it. Um they have to move the ball quicker. I just think they're far too slow in that regards. And I'm bringing a bit of madness almost to it, Joe, because from being at the Derry Cork game, and I know I spoke to you last week about, yeah. you know, they probably felt they were always going to win that game, but they're so slow in possession. They're so slow moving that ball up the pitch. I think if they do that against Kerry, I, I, I think Kerry would be quite comfortable in that environment. Well, to stay with that point for a minute, because I think Derry will dictate the terms of this game. We sort of know mm. Kerry will, will do what they do. So I'd say if you ask yourself, and even Jack O'Connor said it, if you ask yourself what was a defining aspect of the Tyrone performance, Kerry were brilliant in defence and winning turnovers. Mm. You know, that's where Kerry really swung the game. So I would now worry that Derry will say to themselves in possession, be really wary of turnovers against this Kerry team. And they could be even more cautious and more methodical in possession. That'd be a big worry. And, and you think that would be a mistake? Oh yeah, uh, to me, Joe would. And do you know what the fascinating about about that is? Myself and Darren were just talking uh, off air. Like when Derry attack, they basically attack with fifteen, as everyone knows at this stage, including their goalie Orrin Lynch. Will Kerry just say, "Right, lads, away you go. We're leaving David Clifford and Sean O'Shea up high. One turn over there, and Kerry are the one team that Derry will know when they turn you over, they will kick the ball." unlike probably 90% of teams in the country mm. and they will punish you and if they get caught once it could be the losing of the game for them and all of a sudden there's more pressure on them when they're on the ball because they know them two boys are behind you so I, I'm going to be really interested to see first of all will Kerry hold a couple of players up, up top and just really uh, entice Derry to go including the goalie and force them into a mistake because like you said if they can force that turnover 
like we talk about Dermot O'Connor and the boys are on the middle third the last day, the work they did. You know, if they can do that earlier on and really upset Derek, yeah. then that game is only going one way, really. I have to say, Darren, I mean, there's times over the last two, three years I've watched Derry with brilliant running power go the length of the pitch and score great scores. Uh, but I do suspect on Sunday it will be very cautious in possession and they'll slow it right down. Yeah, um, I, I expect them to just try and frustrate Kerry early on. Hope that Kerry make mistakes and like that break and try and catch them out. But I, I, I just can't see them. I think Kerry, I had doubts about Kerry at the start of the campaign. I thought they were going through the motions. But to be honest, I think the way they've come out in the last two games has just shown a level of maturity. I think Jack has fierce trust in him. I think he's got their training right. I think the game will suit someone like Tyke Morley, who will sit and hold that position. I think Jack Barry will sit and hold. And as David has done, David Clifford, on a number of occasions in the last couple of seasons, I think he will just look for a couple of marks, 20, 30 yard pop balls into the chest. They're tap overs for him. And I think they'll force Derry to come out, go away from what they're trying to do. And as Colm said, I think they need to bring a bit of madness, a bit of bravery at the start and actually try and get a couple of scores on the board before Kerry do and force Kerry to maybe force the game a small bit but I do think they have to come with a bit of madness a bit of crazy running from everywhere dictate the pace of the play play with play without fear it's yeah. a semi-final um, I think if they sit back and they're cautious I think Kerry are they're on the road a long time I think they'll pick them up so for you then, like from a Kerry perspective, Darren, you will be quite happy to see Derry numbers back. Shane McGuigan, who has scored 245 in the championship for Derry, he's having a great year. But Shane McGuigan versus Jason Foley and then Tyg Morley, very much a free man. He helps out there. He hoovers up. He'll have a, you know, he'll get on lots of ball, have a great performance. That's Kerry set. Derry just won't score enough. Yeah, that's the way I'd be feeling. I think Kerry have um, plenty kickers from distance. I, we're looking at Tom Sullivan won't have the same type of marking job as he's had in the last couple of uh, games. Um, seen, I think it was his first score against Tyrone outside the boot on the 45. He stroked it. There was no bothers. It was 45 metres and at an angle. And they have the players too that David has done on numerous occasions this, this year when things have been slow, come out, kick it from distance. Shawnee Shea can do it. Dion O'Connor can do it. Um so I just don't think that will work against Kerry. Um, they have too many kickers that can do it from distance. And to be fair, if Cork had an extra forward or two in the semi-final, they could have been in a bit more bother. Right, OK. Jack O'Connor was uh, talking about the game column. I don't think like the GAA's marketing department are going to be <laughs> putting Jack's quotes up like in a bid to sell tickets last minute. So <laughs> Jack O'Connor was saying... All I'd say is we're not expecting a classic or anything like it because the way Derry have set up all year, I couldn't see this being an open end-to-end -end game or anything like that. Um, we're going to have to be very patient. The crowd, the Kerry supporters are going to have to be very patient because the last thing you want to do is be cavalier with the ball and just be giving it back to Derry and you might not see it again for a few minutes. And that's, I think, a really honest insight into how Kerry see this because where Derry can frustrate as well as stopping you scoring with numbers back they can also frustrate by just keeping the ball for four or five minutes and it does like you do need a discipline against that especially when you're carrying your ball players and you want to play football so that sounds like Jack O'Connor there is going to be telling Kerry as well 
well, let's we'll keep the ball for a few minutes. Let's be in no rush to give it back to them. So again, Jack O'Connor, not a classic. Yeah, uh, I was just thinking there, Joss, probably as well. This is uh, not in Diego only because there might, <laughs> might be too many subscribers uh, from that selling point of view. But I think he's 100% right. But I, I think Kerry, look, they will be cautious on the ball, but they will take risks at the same time. They're not going to be as cautious as Derry are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Darren will tell you, it's just in their nature. If they, they see a 30-yard dink ball on and Clifford's running to, to the edge of the D or to the wing, they'll take that on. But said Derry won't up the other end, Joe. I thought I saw something there lately. Like they only kicked the ball twice into their 45 metre uh, inside to their forward line in the whole game against Cork for nearly 75, 80 minutes. Yeah. You know, so Derry won't do it, but I think Kerry, you know, they will. And the longer the game goes on and the longer um, Derry might be get more stretched. Because I think the key, what Kerry will be talking about is get out in front of this game. Get out in front. If we go two, three, four up early in this game, of course, Derry have to come out again. again. We turn them over, hit them down on the counter attack, and they're chasing us for the rest of the game. So I think I think they'd be very very comfortable. And I think yes, why Jack O'Connor is saying they will be conservative, and they absolutely will. The flair is still there for them to try something. And I think once one of them, or a couple of them, come off, they get a couple of scores. Mm. You, you know, you can only see the game going one way, really. Yeah, Darren, you carry boys see a pass, you can't resist. No, like I think, um, and they're encouraged to do it. Um, there's no point having footballers who spend most of their training is kicking the ball if come game day you're not going to do it um, and if you're good enough you 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 pull it off and I think all the play, players out there on Sunday will feel that they're good enough to pick up 30 yard passes and look to be honest anybody in an all Ireland semi-final should be good enough to pick out 30 yard passes they will be more or less um, free pass as well because whoever is kicking the ball they're not going to have a man marking them so when you actually look at it in Crow Park, then passes aren't difficult a lot of the times. No matter how many bodies are back there, right at eye level, it can be hard enough to see. But if you're prepared for it, and Kerry will have been, I, I know for a fact that they trained last weekend and they would have probably played the A team against the B team with probably 17 players and they would have just sat inside the 45 and it would have been a disaster for the boys trying to make an impression to maybe come off the bench the next day. But they would have done it and they would have frustrated him. And you forget, Crow Park's a big pitch. There are going to be pockets of spaces everywhere. And I, I do think, I think the Kerry have enough footballers to be picking out passes, especially with this mark rule that, look, we're not too gone on it. But I do think the likes of David, the likes of Paul Ganey, the likes of Shawnee, they will pick out, they will get passes into their chest, the hand will go up, yeah. and it'll be a 35-yard free over the bar. I think, Darren, Colin makes a great point there where he says, Kerry, get out in front of this game because the psychology, the difference in psychology between Derry keeping the ball for five minutes if Derry get off to a nice start and they're three points up versus Derry keeping the ball for three, four or five minutes when they're two points down. I mean, Kerry will say, away you go. But if Derry are off to a nice start and they're keeping the ball, that's when it does start getting a bit ugh for Kerry. It's hard to kind of keep your, your head straight then. Yeah, and I think that's why they have to start the game with a bit of pace, a bit of madness, because if they can get a point or two up and Kerry are holding the ball and they're trying to look for this pass and it's not coming and then the crowd get a bit antsy and then they make a mistake, which will happen. Mm. The crowd get even more antsy. Derry might chip on another score. Derry hold for four or five minutes. It, a lot of it will be dictated by the crowd yeah. uh, and the impatience of it, because as Jack said, it's not going to be the most enthralling game 
but the fans or the players have to be able to block out the fans because the ball has been chipping away left and right for 30 seconds you hear the groans and all of a sudden you try and pick out a pass that probably isn't on um, so look it's important for Derry I think to get a good start but I think if Kerry get it it'll just be very comfortable for them I think goals are key Joe like if 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 Kerry keep a clean sheet on Sunday, I think they win the game. The, I don't think there's an, absolutely way, any way they're outpointing um, that Derry are outpointing Kerry. Yeah. So for Derry to win this game, I think they need to score probably two goals. And if you look at the way they're designed with the conservative play, it doesn't, you know, the best chance of scoring goals is still through the foot. It's still through foot, uh, kicking the ball. Yeah. And Derry, you know, are so conservative, they don't tend to do it. So that's why I'm, I'm thinking... Are they just going to bring something a tiny bit different on Sunday? You know, do yes. they think their game plan is good enough or do we need that extra? And if we get a sniff of a goal from 30 yards out, we need to go for it because we need goals to win this game. A la maybe Donegal in 14 or maybe even Tyrone two years ago against against um, Kerry when they got three goals that won them the game. I think it was 3-14 to 22. Yeah. You know, that's the only way I can see Derry winning this game. And you know, Colin, you were at Derry Cork and found it a mm. tough watch and I think lots of people did. Was your sense that actually there were pockets and openings there for good kick passes from Derry's point of view and either because they're told you do not kick that bloody ball unless it's 100% or maybe it's just more of a vague, I want to keep my stats up so I'm going to personally make the decision not to kick, whichever it is. But you felt the kicks were on and they were just passing up the opportunity, did you? Uh, I'll be honest, Joe. The kicks weren't on because it's amazing when you actually watch the players off the ball ahead of the plate. There's no one actually looking for it because they know they're not kicking it. They're basically jogging around, filling space, but there's no one actually showing hair for the ball, saying, Kick me the ball here, I'm on. You know what I mean? And the player on the ball, when he receives the ball, his first instinct is to take a solo or two and then hand pass the ball back rather right. than receive the ball head up. Is there something on inside? Well, you know then, what I mean? So, yeah, I do. That's, well, that, then, like the odds on by uh, Sunday afternoon. The fellas inside having good choreographed, well-practiced movement and the lads out the field feeling comfortable in the biggest match of the season to be kicking the ball in. The odds on both those things to suddenly be unveiled, that feels slim to me, I have to say. Yeah, and that's probably the reality of it. You know, can they make that adjustment to their game? Do do they have the players, you know, to do that as well that are comfortable kicking the ball in? Is McGuigan really a ball winner or is he a fella that just comes on the loop more so and gets the ball handed to him and gets his scores from that you know but I do think Joe if that is going to be the case like I said they do need that something different I think on Sunday Alright so what are you about saying to me not a good game and Kerry to win <laughs> Yeah I think so um, wouldn't be like this to be confident down here but I just look of all the games I think Derry have more potential than Monaghan to cause an upset but I just think this Kerry team um it's more or less the same team the last couple of years. I think they're on the road a long time. I think Jack is on the road a long time. I think they know that they can just keep eking it out and just picking them off at little 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 pockets of space and keep tipping tipping the scores over. The other thing is Derry have conceded goals. I think if they concede a goal the next day, it's curtains. Mm. Um, and that's going to be a big ask of them. Uh, Carrier score, I think it's eight goals in the last three games. No, none conceded. Um so like Kerry have sorted out their defence as well so I just I can't see Derry scoring enough Yeah Colin that's your sense as well unless I mean we emphasise unless Derry brings something we haven't seen from them yet Well they're going to have to play the game of their lives Joe and this is the reality maybe this is it for this team maybe this is the game they've been waiting for for the last two years to unleash 
a sensational performance that we didn't think they had. Mm. You know, but if you look back the last three games in Crow Park, Joe, they haven't played particularly well. If you're including the league final last, uh, this year against Dublin, I think they've scored like averaging 10 scores a game in yeah. Crow Park. Yeah. That's not going to win the Manton on Sunday. No. So all form tells you that this is going to be a carry win. No, fair enough. We'll take a very short break. Gaelic Football and Off the Ball is in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the Senior Football Championship. You can check out hashtag the toughest for more. More from Darren and Colin. Just one second. Gaelic Football on Off the Ball with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. You're very welcome back. Darren Sullivan and Colin Boyle still with us. So we've talked Kerry Derry. Let's turn our attention to the game on Saturday. Half past five should be a great atmosphere for Dublin against Monaghan. I mean, Colin, if we struggle to kind of, you know, add a bit of intrigue to Kerry Derry, there's even less intrigue about Dublin Monaghan. I haven't seen a single person give Monaghan a chance. And then they quickly double over to say, oh, but listen, obviously anything could happen, but I don't give them a chance. That's uh, the general refrain. Yeah, unfortunately, Joe, like I've been trying to think all week, you know, is there a case you can make for Mana? And the more you think about it, it's just almost impossible. Like if they pull this off on Sunday, Joe, it would be one of the most sensational wins probably in GA history. You know, I think that's what we're looking for. And I don't mean that in any disrespect to Mana because everyone knows what type of group they are. They're an absolute brilliant group, but I think they have a ceiling and they have limitations. And I don't think that ceiling takes them to a performance as capable of beating Dublin in Crow Park in an Ireland semi-final. Like if it was seven or eight years ago, you might say, well, you might catch Dublin on the hop. Maybe Dublin be down at 70%. Maybe like, like they were against Donegal in 14. But I think this group is just so experienced. There's absolutely no way they'll take Monon lightly. And you just look at the squad Dublin have and what they've to come off the bench. And I know obviously Monon will probably have McManus, but... Will the game be over by the time McManus comes on? I think that's the big fear if you're a Monon supporter, you know, that the game could be done by that stage. You just think Dublin are far, far too much. And you almost feel like everything is absolutely aligning its place to them. Everything we've discussed all year about injuries, mm. Cluxton coming back, their bench, Mannion, McCaffrey, it's just all coming, falling into place at the perfect time for them. And it's very, very difficult to make a case for Monon. Yeah, it is. Darren, I suppose even the Dublin players who ignore the media the most just will be unable to ignore the sense from friends and family and people already talking about the Kerry game and uh, the, the, just the, the really strong uh, general feeling that Dublin will beat Monaghan. It, that is hard to ignore and I'm sure you've been in that position before and it must just somewhere seep into the back of your mind and it, it's hard to dislodge that thought once it's there. And by the same token from Monaghan, you know, I saw Paul Finley talking earlier on and he was saying the county is buzzing you know we lost our minds here you know this is the biggest game of our lives so even just like in raw physicality stakes Monaghan should actually really smash Dublin around like Dublin just won't be able to have the same adrenaline in their bodies that Monaghan will have for the first 10 minutes anyway Yeah it was funny I was actually beside uh, Paul Finley and Drew Wiley for the penalties and uh, I was even buzzing off their energy and their enthusiasm to be honest but uh, Look, the Dublin players, the reason they will be tuned in is because you're going to have players sitting on the bench who we expect to start. Mm. And that is going to keep the whole thing tipping over. I'd be shocked to see 
Kilkenny start this weekend just because of the reaction they got in the quarterfinal. I think it'll be a case of prove yourself now again. Like it's funny you're saying, Kieran Kilkenny, prove yourself. <laughs> Dean Rock, prove yourself. Do you know? And you just look at Mon and they, they're an incredible team. You talk about the character, but you're relying on Carl O'Connell, Darren and Kieran Hughes, like Manus. And as Colin said, if it was seven or eight years ago, maybe, just maybe, but. What they've done to get here is incredible, but it would be the most outrageous um, upset, I think, if they could get off the line. I just think, and I think it was actually Galvin said earlier in the year, Dublin were building a really strong squad, and I kind of looked at him and said, I don't know about that, but when you see the players that uh, Desi's leaving on the bench and the attitude that they have coming on, they're going to see a potential All-Ireland final for some of them, a ninth medal, and I just can't see it. I did. They were as angry a team as I've ever seen mm. in the quarterfinal. I just think they look like they've got the grip between their teeth. And I, I'd be honest, they probably go into most games thinking we're going to win this anyway. It's true. Um, yeah. Do you know? So I don't think that's going to change a whole pile. They have that attitude, that confidence, and they're looking around the dressing room and they're probably saying nobody's better than, than us. Mayo caused Dublin problems in that first half column, in particular by going direct. Do Monaghan mm. have any of those tools to do something similar? Because Dublin won't have a sweeper. No, I suppose if the one player you're thinking of that comes to mind is Gary Mohan, you know, can they play him close to the goal? It's very similar to the Derry game in Derry versus Kerry and the fact that for Monaghan to have any chance in this game or to stay in this game as long as possible, they need to score goals as well. Yeah. And I think they've only scored two goals in the last five games. Both of them come from their halfback, Conor McCarthy. So that tells you how, how they play. They move the ball through the hands they get the running half-backs that come on to the end of moves and, and obviously McCarthy will finish finish them. But for me, if you're doing that against Dublin, they just have too much power and pace around that middle third. You know, they'll turn you over. Eventually, they will turn you over and hurt you on the counter-attack. But I think, you know, could they use Gary Moan as a focal point? And I know it sounds very agricultural, putting him in the full forward line and trying a couple of long balls in. See, can they get some kind of focal point in there? See, can they get Jack McCarron playing off him if he starts? or Michael Barnigan coming off him and maybe get an early goal that gives them a huge, huge lift. But I think Monaghan generally, you know, they get their numbers behind the ball, they're, mm. they're fairly safe, they're fairly conservative on it, and they'll try and drag you down to that level. But Dublin are such a different animal that they just won't get dragged down to that level. And I'd be interested to see, you mentioned about that first 10 minutes, can Monaghan, if Monaghan just sit inside their 45, Joe, and be passive, look at Dublin passing and probing around I think they're just sitting ducks. I think Dublin will just cut, cut through them. They'll find the gaps. They'll get yeah. their scores. And that just demoralises you. But I think if they ju- just go for push out, put a bit of pressure on Dublin, it's an All-Ireland semi-final. You might never be in one again. Mm. Have an actual go at them mm. and see can they rattle them. See can they test the hunger there. I, I think that's the way Monaghan should approach this game. But by just sitting inside your 45, 15 bodies and watching Dublin pass around the place, and not get tackles in and not be aggressive with them. I I just don't think that's the way to go. I think Dublin have seen that all before, Joe. They know how to work it. They're very, very good. And they're probably gone to the stage, Joe, which is very annoying that they enjoy playing against that. Ah, you know, yeah. I'd, so. say, I'd say they look around and say, lovely. One of these, one of these <laughs> ones, one of these yeah. ones. We know how to beat this. Not to turn mm. this into a therapy session or go too deep here, Colm. Do you, <laughs> do you find it easier to, you know, accept the losses to Dublin and, and how close Mayo uh, went, is it easier to almost reconcile wasn't to be because Mayo fired a shot and, and because you went for it as opposed to if he had gone for a more 
conservative plan or does it make not a blind bit of difference? I ask that because you, you know, you make that point you might never be in a semi-final yeah. again. You have to go for it. Um, other people might say different. Other lads on the team might tell you different, Joe. Um, I, I think there is something in it. You know, you don't get any medals for it, but no. were we the type of team that could sit 15 inside and and just try and defend it out and, and hitting the counter-attack? I don't think we were. I I don't think that would have worked for us personally. So the fact that we had a go, look, doesn't make it any easier. I hard to put it into the words. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But the fact that you you play to your strengths, you know, we had a goal, believing what we mm. could do could be, win the game. You know, so maybe there is something in that. I don't think enough of teams actually believe yeah. in their own strengths. Armagh, the typical example we've been talking around all year. So maybe there is something in that, Joe. Yeah. Yes, maybe. I guess Darren. You don't want to be sitting around if you're Monaghan afterwards and think, geez, I wonder what would have happened if we'd really gone at them. Yeah, and unfortunately, that is going to be the case. Uh, if you lose <laughs> oh, a game, just, oh, sorry, I didn't mean it like that. But, All right, okay. Uh, whenever you lose games, whenever you lose games, no matter what, no matter how close or how bad it was, you will always go, if we'd done this or but I should have done that. Yeah. Uh, and that's just the nature of sport. If it doesn't go your way, you're always going to be weighing it up. Should we have approached it differently? Should I have done this in the ball? Should I have been braver? Should I have been more conservative? Um, so either way, just, either way, you're screwed. Either way, you're going to be thinking okay. about it. Um, on Kilkenny, you mentioned, Darren, so you, you suspect he might be told, listen, go and, go, and, go and repeat the trick. Let's see if that off the bench business suits you. One, I mean, you don't want to, be, you don't want to become too good off the bench. Uh, let's, you don't get that reputation. Oh. But what, what do you think they saw in Kilkenny's game that led to him being dropped? Like, he was the fulcrum for the guts of the last five, six, seven years. What, like, I've seen people say, oh, too lateral, too ponderous, and that was the issue. What, what's your read on Kilkenny? Um, I don't know. He didn't seem to be doing too much different. I th- maybe just a lack of energy. Um, at times, he did look like he was lacking a bit of energy in games. Maybe it was a case of he couldn't get himself up for a lot of games. And that was a case with a lot of players. And like, you just look at their, their players that are playing at the moment, like Full Fall and Mannion, Conor Callan, Basquiat is in all-star form, Conor yeah. Costello is playing well. And then you have Bugler and Scully, who are more workmanlike Um and it is a case. I there's a lot of mind games in it as well. He has he had the the luxury of saying, "Look, we're going to leave you out here," and then someone does well and go, "Look, your man did well there in place here." So look, show that you can dislodge him. Um, and look, and that's what it is. It's a luxury. And mm. um, we saw the players that he's bringing off the bench, and it'll be a case of look, you're not getting the nod today, but you'll be coming on with 25 minutes to go. Show me you deserve the jersey. Yeah, and for someone like Kilkenny who isn't used to being on the bench, it's a different test for him. And saying Jack McCaffrey's back in the squad, and there's countless other names who are sitting on the bench this year who we're not used to seeing on the bench. Um, and it is a test of character. How can I react? Do I go on and do I sulk? But Kilkenny was diving on breaking balls. Mm. He was driving up the field. He was chipping in with scores. He was assisting. He showed the perfect attitude, and I think, look, I, Desi might play him as a reward for it, but find the manager and going, look, we're just going to leave you out again. Mm. The boys did well. Get your place for the final. And then all of a sudden, no matter how good or bad things are going, when you're making your changes, you know that there's going to be a ramp up in intensity as well when these fellas are coming on because chance to play an All-Ireland final. These boys are on the road a long time. How many more they'll get after this, we don't know. Yeah, no, for sure. And 
I mean, the McCaffrey Kilkenny double act around 50 minutes is a kind of frightening prospect for any team. Yeah. Uh, look, who knows? Dublin column could win this by a thousand cuts. Uh, I'd score a point mm. every three minutes, four minutes, and 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 do it that way. Or they could have the ten minutes that they had after halftime against Mayo and, and destroy you. If the latter is happening, for the love of God, somebody lose a contact lens. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure several Mayo players are wondering over the last while. Why the hell did we let that happen? Why why was everyone not down injured? So if there's one learning from Monaghan, if it's getting really scary and really fast, somebody killed the game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I I don't know, Joe. I think no matter how much they try and kill this game, that that Dublin just keep coming at them. Yeah. I think I think after last Sunday, killing the game could be very difficult after what we saw in the hurl and all the talk about it. Uh, the rest will be assessing injuries a lot more. I'm not actually sure who's reffing on, on Sunday, but I know David Goff, I think he has become very cute on this about the head injuries and the contact lenses. He, he's playing on through it. But yeah, trying to break the double momentum, it's uh, it's certainly easier said than done, for sure. Yeah. Did you have any tricks, Darren? Uh, mine normally wasn't a trick. My hamstrings were normally gone. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. But I, I get away with it in club games because the refs always think the hamstrings are gone. So if I go down, normally I'm only gasping for air, but I'd be there going, geez, the hamstrings tighten. All right, get the water in and you'll be great. Yeah, take the sting out of it. Okay, well, look, there's no point uh, flogging a dead horse here. You, you just think Monon have a ceiling, Dublin have a ceiling. And Dublin are too professional in the best sense of the word to let their standards slip here. So... Dublin to, to win this fairly routinely in uh, as much as we don't want that to be a semi-final that the general gist here fellas yeah I t- look at Joe I'd, and I'd love if we were wrong I yeah. really would I'd love if Manon were right and I'd love, you know I probably Dublin have won so much I would enjoy, I'd like Manon to win the game you know what I mean there's nothing worse I could think Joe of Conor McMahon is coming in at 20-25 minutes to go and Manon down by 7-8-9 points and you know the game was dead yeah. I think something similar similar happened to us in 2019 that game where they just blitzed us in 15 minutes and Andy Moran comes on in his last game for Mayo with 20 minutes to go and I remember talking about it after I said it was the strangest feeling coming in because the game was absolutely dead the crowd were dead and you know this is it for you I'd hate to see that happen Conor McManus on Sunday I'd love uh, or sorry on Saturday I'd love Manon to really be in this and really give it a right go but we talked about that ceiling I just don't think it takes them there like you have to remember Joe they lost to Donegal what three weeks ago and we know what kind of level Johnny Gall are at, mm. you know. So I think that kind of shows you where they're at probably um, long term. But they will fight for it for sure. But I just don't think they, they have the quality. Okay. Um, just to mention before we go, and I've deliberately left this to last because I don't want this to be like media sensationalism, mm. you know, big uh, scaremongering stories. But it just is notable that after, I don't know, since they redid The Hill, and in, in about 04. So like in the, in the last 20 years, I don't think I've really seen trouble on the hill and now twice in two weeks a bit like buses you know so Mon and Arma, most people have seen the video footage there were seven arrested and 15 fans ejected and then in the Kilkenny Clare game Sunday two people arrested one person had to receive medical treatment on site like it's so rare in the GEA it's, it's, it's not a problem in the GEA but suddenly two at once on the hill uh, rightly or wrongly Darren the hill now gets dragged into the conversation as potentially a contributing factor and do we need to have seats and all that kind of stuff and I think we'd all hate that to happen there's such affection for the hill uh, there's no question as such beyond geez everybody like chill out here what are we doing this is this is not what the these matches are all about and never have been like we just don't want that creeping in yeah look it's definitely not what Crow Park and the hill is about um, 
because a number of years now since I was up there, but it was always crack and banter and slagging each other off. And but I think it's more of a society thing, just creeping in with the GA. Um, you're going to have bad eggs everywhere you go, and like you know, I just like a lot of them seem to be younger generation. The videos I've seen anyway, mm. and I just don't think there's a. I think there's a bit of a lack of there's a lack of fear for authority maybe or something but it's not what you want to see you want to go to a game ideally you'd want to see your team win but you want to see good sport and the great thing about the GA normally you're leaving with opposition supporters and you're talking about the game and there's a bit of crack with it um, but yeah it's, it's ugly um, mm. my worry is the videos I saw they, they were all young um, and look I don't think anyone wants to see Hill 16 change from what it is because like it's just a magic place when Crow Park is full and the atmosphere is gone uh, but yeah it's not it's not good to see I just think it's a I think it's a society thing really yeah. I think we've seen more and more of it around the place outside of sports and it crept in unfortunately to Hill 16 over the last couple of weekend, weekends yeah it's like a certain irony that um, for the last 20 years seating has been so mandatory in football stadiums across Europe and now as football stadiums across Europe start to introduce seating that this is starting to happen on the hill Column again I don't want to say this is a trend it's it's two incidents in two weeks across the last 20 years but unfortunately they're in the last two weeks so to echo Darren's point really ugly we don't want to see it and you, you just kind of hope it's a weird um, uh, uh, kind of coincidence of sorts yeah, look, I think Darren has a good point there. I think the whole society thing, you know, you're seeing now stuff going on on streets that you've probably never seen before with camera phones recording it all. Society, you know, these teenagers probably heading up in big gangs on the train, probably alcohol, maybe other substances as well, mixing that all in together and away you go and getting, getting into these kind of scenarios. And look, at hopefully they're kind of, Obviously, there's two instances there. Hopefully, they're isolated, and hopefully, people have the cop on, you know, in future that they know this stuff is recorded. You're getting away with nothing these days, you know. So, hopefully, you know, this kind of all dies down, and we don't see anything like that again. And and it's funny, like you know, all the games you remember, like big games in Dublin, playing Mayo or Kerry or anything like this, never see anything like this, or never see any recording. So to see it in kind of games, you know, where there's maybe less people at them and. It's very, very strange. It's disappointing, but hopefully it's something that's just a phase and a passing, but you'll be, you'll be soon with people have a bit more cop on and know that everything now is recorded. Yeah, I know that's the wild thing, isn't it? You know if you're in an incident like that, you are being recorded. Your workplace may very yeah. well see this if you're old enough yeah. to be working. I, you're a guard, are you? Yeah, I am, yeah. So anecdotally, when we all have that instinct of like, oh, geez, you know, this wasn't happening 10 years ago. I mean, that's, that's a real sign you're aging when you're saying sentences like that. But would that be your anecdotal, not an official spokesperson for Angardi Shiakana? Is that your, your general sense or feeling out there, Colm? Ah, yeah, I think so, John. I mentioned there about the, about, the, about the alcohol and I think the big factor is that substances are being mixed with that as well. And people are doing this going to GA games. I think we're nearly gone down the soccer route of people, you know, you know, drugs and alcohol yeah. fuels go, going to games. Like, and I think there probably is a minority in that when they go to maybe Crow Park for the day, this is what they're doing. Mm. And it's probably leading to these kind of scenarios because let's be honest, Joe, that's not happening without, without that stuff. Okay. You know, if people, people are in the right frame of mind, they're not carrying on like that. Yeah, I mean, you, you would certainly think so. And um, we are, I'll uh, hasten that we are talking generally. We're not talking about any of the specific people in those 
uh, videos uh, just to make that point but uh, I do take your experience Colin more generally there is uh, to wrap it up on what is kind of not the exciting semi-final weekend in some ways that we wanted somebody has sent a message in saying if it's not a Dublin Kerry final they may as well put it in GA go <laughs> Uh, no so we'll see how we go we'll talk next week Darren thank you very much thanks Joe Colin thank you very much cheers thanks man Colin Boyle Darren O'Sullivan with us looking ahead to All-Ireland semi-final weekend who knows we could be in for one of the great shocks one of the most memorable semi-final weekends and if not it'll be a hell of a final our Gaelic football coverage and off the ball is in partnership with AIB proud sponsors of the Senior Football Championship you can check out hashtag the toughest for more Gaelic football on Off The Ball with AIB proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship check out hashtag the toughest for more